Did you hear that laugh? Sai, a me piace cambiare, sono un'attrice. Se dovessi sempre recitare lo stesso ruolo, ho fatto delle donne debolissime, delle assassinate, ho fatto delle donne crudelissime, assassine. E proprio questo è il bello, giocare e poter cambiare. Mi piaceva comunque in quel momento della mia vita interpretare un essere così scricciolo, fragile, appunto tossicomane, curiosa, misteriosa. Quel momento è stato bello per me, un ruolo che ho amato, Elisa, che tutti sbagliano il cognome. I've been living here for five years, alone. My husband's job keeps him traveling all the time. I can't travel with him because I'm not here. Greetings, fellow insomniacs, and welcome to another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on geeksoftheindustry.com. I'm your host, my name is Chunky Larry, and uh, this episode, I, I make all of these episodes in the hopes that an audience listens, but uh, this episode specifically is for me. Uh, I mean, if you guys enjoy it, obviously that's, that's the hope, that's the goal, uh, but I... Uh, as a teenage boy, became a fan of Italian horror cinema, uh, specifically the work of Dario Argento. And it was through the work of Dario Argento that I came to know of Dario Nicolotti. And uh, through the course of me being a fan of Italian horror, Dario Argento, and Dario Nicolotti, I, you know, seen a couple of her films, I didn't see all of them, uh, but I was a huge fan in the sense that I really enjoyed the work that she did. Unfortunately, recently, uh, we lost Doria Nicolotti, and so it was in that spirit that I had decided that I was going to pay tribute to her by looking at a series of films that she either starred in was featured in or had some sort of writing credits and that's exactly what we're going to be doing in this film or this episode we're going to be looking at the uh, films Paganini Horror, The Black Cat from 1989 and Shock from 1977. These films are all vastly different but the one correlating factor is the association with a very special person, at least in my opinion, and she should be in yours as well. Uh, again, this episode is not going to be for you, it's going to be for me. This was something I just kind of felt compelled to do, so I hope that you enjoy, but if you don't, um, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. <laughs> it's like, you know, nobody's, nobody's putting a gun to your head making you listen to this episode, this is what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? Like, like I, I really don't give a fuck if you listen. I, I would, I would hope that you listen, but I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> but enjoy this episode of the Creature Features podcast on GeeksOfTheIndustry.com. Today in this house, a contract has been stipulated between Nicolò 
wherein the musician is granted eternal fame in exchange for his soul. Signed, Paganini and C. do something like that, wouldn't he? Right! A man doesn't turn into a... We're going to begin this discussion on Daria Nicolati with the first film that we're going to be covering, which is uh, 1989's Paganini Horror. And uh, the summary that I'm going to be reading is by Raging R2. He's got a Raging R2. Uh, his R2 unit has a bad motivator. Anyway. When a female rock band use an infamous old piece of sheet music to record their new album in an old mansion, they accidentally open a portal to hell. And I personally hate when that happens. Um, this is uh, a collaboration with uh, 
director Luigi Cosi, who uh, began his career as an overseas correspondent for Western film magazines like Famous Monsters of Filmland and Photon. He uh, befriended Dario Argento and worked on the screenplay for Four Flies on Grey Velvet, which I talked about in the last episode, I'm a big fan of, and um, their friendship remains to this day. He actually currently runs the Profondo Rosso uh, store in Rome, which is like, uh, you know, when everything opens back up, that is on the fucking top of the pops of the list of things I want to do uh, when we can go places again. So, um, if you haven't, you should definitely check out, um, it, you go onto YouTube and you could look up the Profondo Rosso store in, uh, Rome. It's fucking rad. And, uh, I definitely want to go there. Like I said, when everything opens back up, he runs it. So there's a good chance that you'll go there and you'll be able to meet, uh, Luigi Cozy. So that's, that's fucking cool. Um, uh, He's primarily known for his work in, like, science fiction and fantasies. Huge fan of sci-fi. And, uh, he's known for films like Star Crash, which, if you haven't seen, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 recently did a coverage of, of it, and it was fucking awesome. Uh, but he also did the Lou Ferrigno, uh, Hercules films. And we're gonna be covering two of his films in this episode, so... Um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about him. Another thing that uh, Cozy is responsible for, or at least uh, you know, the internet gives him credit for, is the scene in Phenomena when the flies converge on the building where Jennifer Connelly's at. She's like, "I love you, I love all of you," and the flies swarm the building. Uh, that trick was done with uh, coffee grounds in water, and he was able to kind of make that work. Um, really cool visual, and uh, it's definitely uh, one of the cooler visual moments in Italian horror cinema, which is saying a lot. And to say that he has uh, something to play in that is pretty fucking cool. Um, there's a lot of weird things about this film to me and um uh, you know th let's let's just let's just get into it this is you know uh the story of a rock band that is the 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 lead guitarist uh Kate is just like she's having a rough time trying to find that next song find that next gear Kate is uh, she's played by Jasmine Mamoni I'm sure I said that name wrong uh, but you might know her from Demons she was one of the girls in the theater that uh, got the free ticket and befriended the boys this is also starring Daria Nicolotti who plays Sylvia Hackett She's the woman who owns the building where they're shooting this music video. And basically, the drummer uh, makes a deal to buy 
this uh, un unused uh, song of Paganini's, and uh, Paganini is bass. Uh, well, there's a very famous violinist named Niccolo Paganini, whose father was obsessive and forced him to train constantly uh, to the point that uh, Paganini became a child prodigy and he was so good that the instructors would get their instructors and that their instructors would get their instructors to instruct Paganini because he was beyond their level of comprehension of playing the violin and he was so good that people thought that he had made a pact with the devil. And it became a very famous story that, uh, that Paganini leaned into. And basically, uh, all of the descriptions of Paganini is this very uh, tall, slender man with long, slender fingers and the drawings and um, lore of Paganini is that he's got this kind of demonic quality. He wore all black. He was, he was like a, like a metal, uh, performer before metal performers in, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, so it's, it's a very, you know, famous story of this musician whose work is tremendous. And he was famous for not playing with sheet music he would just memorize and be able to just play without uh, looking at notes so that allowed him to be much more performative when he would play and he would walk around a room and just there's this extra element that made him just this huge star and he was a very famous violinist to the day that he died and his legend is primarily attached to this story that he had made a pact with the devil. So it seems like a perfect template. Uh, I believe it was Klaus Kinski who was uh, m originally the one who this was a pet project for him. Uh, the story of Paganini. And it eventually found its way into Luigi Cosi's lap. He brought along Daria Nicolotti to uh, co-write and work on the screenplay for this and um, it's it's in that way that this film was created and uh, Cozy uh, apparently uh, because the budget kept changing as most Italian films do uh, a lot of the things that he wanted to do kept having to change and it became a point of frustration and he had said um, at one point there's a quote from Cozy himself uh, there I was with this beautiful ambitious script and they handed me a 16 millimeter camera gave me a villa to start shooting in and said start shooting in conditions like these not even the best director in the world could have done any better so We could get into this. This <laughs> it stars Daria Nicolotti. It also features Donald Pleasance, who they had hired for a week 
but got all of his filming done in three days. And there's, there's stories that I've heard that Donald Pleasance was just a famous drunk and would just have a fucking ball out in Italy, take all these fucking roles and just get fucking shit faced. And I, I love that story. Like, I, I love to think that he was just hammered this whole time playing the devil. He, he has this really great moment. Um, you know, cause, cause they use him sparingly. I mean, they had him for three days, so of course you're gonna use him sparingly. But, uh, he has this moment where he's throwing the money out into the world. He's just like, go, my little demons. And it just, it's so, like, for me, Donald Pleasance is one of the great film actors in the history of cinema, not just horror cinema. You know, a lot of people think of him, they think of uh, Dr. Loomis, which, you know, it's understandable. Uh, but, you know, like his performance in Escape from New York, or even The Great Escape, just, just tremendous performer. And this, it's just him being, you know, just having a good time. Like, this is, this is Sergeant Pepper's fucking Donald Pleasance. This isn't, this isn't Great Escape Donald Pleasance. This isn't Blofeld Donald Pleasance. <laughs> and, you know, Daria Nicolotti in this film is, again, not, not a major portion of the film. She's in the film. Uh, but I just, you know, it's, it's more so about Kate and her group of friends. And it does become super duper formulaic in, in a way that it's like, they get him in the house and then, you know, people just start getting killed off one by one. And I think that there, there was room for this to, to be more than it was. And one of the things that I noticed, and I don't know if this isn't a Nicolotti influence or not, but, in all of the stuff that she writes, there's, there's always this kind of, uh, fairy tale quality to the stuff that she is involved with. You, you know, Suspiria, Inferno, um, this film and the next film, The Black Cat, you know, uh, they, they all, they all have, you know, this real kind of, uh, fairy tale quality to them in in the sense that there's always kind of a much almost you know like this one to me it's it, you know it's obvious that it's the fairy tale of Paganini uh, but in the next one it it feels almost like Rumpelstiltskin but this one also feels kind of like Rumpelstiltskin. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, that's one of the, one of the takeaways that I got watching the stuff that she wrote is that there's always this kind of otherworldly quality, but it, it feels rooted in, in a very traditional storytelling technique. And it's, it's just really interesting to me that every single story that she had something to do with has this kind of you know 
uh, core to it, where you know when you when you first learn about horror, it's it's usually like campfire stories. That's that's most people's indoctrination into horror is boogeyman, the, the, the thing under your bed. You know, my my three year old, I had to spray monster spray uh, last night for him to feel comfortable to go to bed because he believes there was a monster under his bed and it's you know that's what it starts as and then you expound upon that idea and you know so I don't know maybe I'm being overly analytical for something that doesn't really deserve it, but um, I thought that the performances of Nicolotti and Pleasance were enjoyable. I, I thought that the rest of it just felt very Italian, and and it wasn't it wasn't atrocious, but it wasn't like tremendous, <laughs> if that makes sense. And uh, you know, cozy. He has, apparently there was like eight minutes cut out of the film that went deeper into like more like mystical, otherworldly elements. And you see some of that where they they have like, you know, globes and shit. And I just, I immediately started thinking about his Hercules films. So, I mean, I get it, but I just, it, it just didn't really seem to have a master it, it it's it was one story and it was another story and it was another story and there's just there is no connective tissue with the different stories that they were telling and you know as he had said he had a great story and then he just kept getting things taken away and taken away and taken away and with the the elements that he had he made it as best as he could with what he had. And, you know, so for that, I would say, uh, you know, like, like the, the twist at the end was, it was, I mean, it was okay. It, you know, this is, this is definitely something that I would recommend at least giving a watch. You know, if, if you haven't, if you're in the, in the mood for Italian horror, which I currently just am, and you're looking for something you haven't seen before, it's definitely worth at least one watch, but it's not a repeat viewing kind of film. And that kind of gives away, I would assume, where I'm landing Reaper-wise for this. And uh, I guess what I'll, what I'll say is, uh, for this one, I'm going to go in two out of five reapers it's it's not awful but it's just it's kind of incoherent it's it it doesn't really have an identity and it had a lot of really good ideas but it just there's there's a weird kind of you know i i just feel like when you when you make the decision to make a film you should have the inner you know 
this is this is overall what we want to do. So you you get the the main little pieces first, and then you can get into the nuance. But you know you want to get you want to make sure you have that coherent bed to lay nuance on, and it's like a pyramid. You you start with a good base, and then you build off of that. And they had you know a semblance of a good base, but they just they didn't flush that base out before they started adding things onto it. So when you do that, then you ultimately, you know, have kind of a, a shaky structure. And uh, that's, that's what this was. It was a, it was a shaky structure. And I think it's just, you know, the, the, the idea that things constantly changed and you have to keep your head on a swivel and roll with the punches. And I'd say that that's, you know, if, if you look at it from that perspective, it's a win. But just for me, uh, you know, as, as a viewer, not as somebody that made the film, you know, it's not great. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm supposed to be paying tribute to Dorian Nicolati, and uh, this movie's just not great. I, I liked her in it. I like Donald Pleasance. I like the idea of the story of Pagnini enough to find out about the story of Pagnini. Um, but I just, you know, execution, man. And this is a, this is a visually sound filmmaker. This guy has an idea of what he's trying to say. Um, but I'm sure we're gonna, we're gonna get more into that with our next film uh so for this one though uh it's going to be two out of five reapers Fear, the most powerful instinct in the world. Fear, and a mother's need to protect her child from the ultimate face of evil. The Black Cat, two women, one driven by love, the other driven by desire, racing into hell. A woman who will stop at nothing to get what she wants. A child trapped in a web of hideous danger as those around him are pulled down to the depths of passion, to the brink of madness, into the bowels of hell, to lie face to face with the daughters of darkness. From Edgar Allan Poe's classic tale of evil, 21st Century Film Corporation presents The Black Cat.
Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, The Last Word in Terror. Okay, so uh, this is gonna be the second collaborative effort between Daria Nicolotti and Luigi Cosi. Uh, well, kinda. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, I, I guess, before I, before I get ahead of myself, let's let's let's. <laughs> Who boy, let's read the synopsis for uh, 1989's. The Black Cat. An actress starts seeing a vision of a witch character called Levana when she's supposed to play in an upcoming horror movie and slowly begins to discover a supernatural plot against her. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, I, I, I kind of hinted at what I was trying to say, and so we, two episodes back, I guess, talked about the Three Mothers trilogy. If you haven't heard that episode, definitely go back and uh, listen to that episode. The, the Three Mothers is, uh, again, based on Suspirium de Profundis. And that was uh, by Thomas De Quincey, and uh, it it talks about the three mothers, uh, the Matus Suspiriorum. Let's try that again. Matter Suspiriorum, the mother of size, not size, but size like huh. Matter Tenebrarum, the mother of darkness, and Matter Laquinarum, the mother of tears. And, you know, Argento had did uh, Suspiriorum, Tenebraum, and was supposed to do uh, Laquinarum, but uh, they ended up not going with the third portion of this uh, trilogy. And again, uh, this was written by Daria Nicolotti and... Um, apparently uh, Dino De Laurentiis who was the producer uh, wasn't interested and uh, Argento was originally supposed to direct but moved away in favor of doing Tenebrae um, which is just a fucking phenom of a movie just personal opinion 
uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, maybe I should have just reviewed uh, films that she acted in instead of films that she had writing credits in because I don't feel like I'm going to be super duper kind to this movie <laughs> because this is in, in a weird way because Cozy again uh, had has a very close friendship with Dario and you know he runs Dario's shop Profondo Rosso this is him doing kind of an unofficial third film um, but he makes a decision to instead you know make it almost like a like a meta version of the three mothers where the the fucking Suspiria and Inferno and Dario Argento exist in the world of the black cat which it's called the black cat like you know Edgar Allan Poe's story and um, a lot of people made black cat films Lucio Fulci made a black cat film Argento made you know a black cat film um, it's just it's it's a weird thing uh, but this to me has nothing to do with uh, the black cat it, it it's much more you know to do with Mater Laquinarum uh, but they call her Lavana in this film this film also goes by uh, Demon 6 Profundus Demon 6 Armageddon or De Profundus um, you know it's Italy man uh, they, they change shit around and uh, you know the, the changes that Cozy made um, didn't feel to Daria Nicolotti like something that she wanted to do. She was originally going to play the lead in this, um, but after she saw kind of the changes that were made that she didn't agree with, uh, she ended up leaving the film, and she was and she ended up being replaced. And again, it's weird because this film is called um, Demon Six, but uh, Urbano Barberini was in the original Demons. He's he's the lead in the original Demons, and he's the lead in this film is Mark, uh, the husband of Anne. Again, originally supposed to be Daria Nicolotti and uh just some of the writing it, it feels like they're trying to make it meta and then also including argento because it, it feels like the, the mary sue in this film is is obviously Anne, but you know um it's intended to be Daria Nicolotti. She's playing the wife of a famous horror director who's making this new film about the three mothers. And, and she's going to become the three, the third mother. And, and so it's, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's really, really weird. And I, I like the gore and the violence and, and the weirdness of this film. Like there's this weird, um, like, 
creepy producer who's in a wheelchair who's just like like the most fetishistic looking fucking dude and it, it it hasn't like there's so much of this shit where it's just like why did why <laughs> what, are they're in league with the devil <laughs> okay now now they're in league with the devil but she it, it it's it's very frustrating it, it, it again you know a common thread in these two films that we've talked about is that one is going one direction and and there's there's a cool like source and and base and then they just start adding on and adding on putting hats on hats and then it's you know you're the dude from caps for sale where you got so many hats on and you got to balance all that shit it's just yes i reference caps for sale uh, caps caps for sale <laughs> because i am a stoner and this also has Caroline Monroe uh, who was also in Star Crash and uh, you know for me you know I, I just think of her from Maniac uh, this is a weird fucking movie man I, I definitely would say go into this not thinking you're gonna see another Demons film if you if you picked it up seeing Demon 6, I'm sorry, because this has nothing to do with demons. <laughs> if you picked this up thinking it was going to be the uh, final or the untold chapter of the third Three Mothers trilogy, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you picked this up because you're an Edgar Allan Poe fan, <laughs> fucking sorry. <laughs> Italy is weird as fuck, dude. This is the most backwards ass country for making movies. Like, like they could easily, they could easily make a coherent film. But they're like, nah, nah, son. That's for, that's for American filmmakers. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> this, this movie's fucking ridiculous. I'm like, I can't. I'm so fucking. I'm trying to say nice things about Daria Nicolani because she passed away and I want to honor her by reviewing films that, but come on man, like like I love Suspiria and I love Inferno and I thought cause she, she had done an interview um, where she was talking about working on Suspiria and Inferno and she talked about that she has the third story and nobody's seen and she was talking about uh the three mothers and you know she was like and i'd kind of done the role in the three mothers as a favor for daria uh or Ozzy, aria um because when they were naming ozzy argento for whatever reason 
they were like, Ozzy is not a name. They were like, okay, her name's Arya then. <laughs> it's just, I, I, whatever. Um, but she was saying that she had did Mother of Tears sort of as a favor for her. Um, but that, that, that's not, it, it had nothing to do. And she's right. It, you know, that, that third fucking movie doesn't feel like the other two movies because it's totally different. And same could be said about this movie is like, you know, they, they're just using the same kind of source material, but it's not, it's not a sequel. And, uh, you know, it's cool kind of getting a glimpse of what I would assume. Like, I don't, I don't feel like anything of what is there. Uh, like she, I, w- I would assume that you know, he changed it so insanely much, insanely so that she took herself out of the movie. She was supposed to play the lead of this film and she was like, yeah, what the fuck do you do to my movie? And no, I'm not going to be in this now. This isn't what I wrote. So I, I don't know, dude, like Italy is fucking weird to me. Um, there are highlights of this film. The, the violence and the gore in this are real fun and it moves it, it doesn't drag and you know you're you're getting performances but it's not what you signed up for and so that's that's the downside of this so uh i'm going to go reaper wise um i'm going to say i'm going to give this also a 2 two out of five reapers and you know it it has a lot of stuff going for it but none of the stuff that you wanted when you walked into it so two out of five reapers for demon six the black cat de profundis uh the third mother question mark Oh. <sighs> 
Okay, so we are coming to the end of our look at Daria Nicolotti, and our, our first two attempts weren't weren't super awesome. <laughs> if, if I'm being if I'm being fair, if I'm being honest, the the first two reviews, the the, the movies were rough, and uh, some might even say. That this this final film is is a rough go, but I strongly disagree. If that's a spoiler alert for where I'm gonna land, you know, it is what it is. But we're going to do the synopsis for 1977's Shock, and we're gonna go with a uh, a constant contributor for the show, Mr. Nick Reganis, to turn over a new leaf. Dora Baldini moves back into her old, memory-ridden house, along with her new husband Bruno and her young son Marco. After having a stint in a psychiatric institute, it's been several painful years already since the gruesome death of her husband, of her husband's, of her first husband's death. Hold on, Nick. Since the gruesome death of her first husband's death. So his her first husband's death died. Um, and now an eerie supernatural presence starts to make its presence felt, affecting more and more. Innocent Marco, before long, violently vivid hallucinations began to torment Dora, who little by little finds herself on the brink of insanity. Is this indeed? The work of preternatural evil forces, or is troubled Dora going crazy? Dora, the explorer, electroshock therapy. <laughs> um, again, this is the the very last uh, directed film of. The great Mario Bava, just you know, kind of the godfather to me of the the Giallo, and uh, made just terrific films. A lot of people love, you know, like Bay of Blood is their their go-to, and so like Blood by and it's like you know, um, I like Black Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and and I really love Shock, and uh, I don't know why people don't like this movie. Uh, it was released in the U.S. as Beyond the Door 2. It has no connection to the original Beyond the Door, with the exception of the child actor who played Marco. Um, I believe there's some possession in that one as well. I haven't seen the original Beyond the Door, but uh, this one this one does it for me. It, it it has weird, uncomfortable places uh, where they have this odd because the the son is supposed to be possessed by the spirit of the father, and so 
he does weird, creepy things to the mom, which is it's unsettling. But to me, what what this movie's less it's it, it, that's that's a piece of it, and it's less about that, and it's more about just uh, fracturing sanity. And I think that you know there's multiple ways to look at this film, which is what I love about it most, because you could look at this as just a supernatural haunting film, uh, possession film, which were absolutely the rage at that time. But you could look at this as a psychological thriller about somebody that had a very traumatizing situation occur, and it adversely affected them in a way that they weren't able to recover and that torment trickled down because you know that child grew up with an insane person as a mother you know she was institutionalized so it could be looked at in either fucking way it could be looked at as uh, emotional mental damage or it could be you know something otherworldly and so Daria Nicolotti plays the lead she plays Dora who moves back in why you would move back in to the home um, that you lived in with your previous husband who passed away in a in a not so great way <laughs> um, they it's very vague in in the sense that you know it's it's mentioned kind of in passing in a kind of almost an expository way that you know, she was married and husband died tragically and she was in an institution because she was traumatized by his death and they they do it in such a kind of uh, nonchalant way it's like whoa whoa wait a second that seems like an important uh, thing to know and uh, you know this is written by Lombardo Bava who apparently had uh, convinced his father to make this film and um, you know short of uh, after this uh, he'd worked on Inferno and after Inferno he you know, passed away um, but and it was kind of the relationship that he had you know, created with Daria Nicolati, she says that she loved working with uh, Mario more so than she liked working with Dario. She, you know, talked very highly of Mario Baba, and um, you know, you you see that in this film. You see that you know Mario Baba is an accomplished filmmaker by this point. And I think with a filmmaker, a different filmmaker, you would have gotten less of this performance from Daria. 
And what I mean is, you see how comfortable she is in the film, in her performance. There's, there's just this very, again, uh, one of the common things that I say when I think of Daria Nicolati is magic. Like, there's, there's just this very magical, um, magnetic quality to her and to her work. And, and it's definitely, you know, in her eyes and, you, you, you see that in, you know, like Fondorosa or even, you know, in Shock. She, she has this enigmatic quality that even in the most mundane of se- settings, you, you're drawn to her. And in this, she's allowed to play kind of freely. And there's, there's very bizarre places that this film goes, but it's all grounded in, and again, I looked at, like, I've watched this film a number of times and I've watched it from both perspectives. I've watched it from the perspective of this being purely a supernatural film and the supernatural being what, you know, is driving her crazy or yeah, and then I looked at it from a purely psychological perspective, and even from the psychological perspective, this film fucking is amazing. And you know, there's there's scenes where um, the hand is you know grabbing at her from the ground, and you know she's having this hallucination. But is she having the hallucination? And and it does this really fun thing that I just enjoy a lot where both of those stories are running a parallel. It's the same story, but the two different ideologies are running parallel to each other through the course of the film. And, you know, again, like I said, you know, you could look at this as, you know, a bad, you know, supernatural thriller. You could look at this as a cheesy, schlocky, um, 70s Italian, you know, psychological thriller. It's beneath him. He's not, where's him hacking a chick's throat and stabbing somebody through a bed? You know, like, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, you know, this oppressive quality of, you know, psychosis being passed down from generation to generation. And, you know, behavior is being observed and, you know, emulated. And, and, you know, they, they say that our, our behavioral qual, our behavioral qualities are acquired in the first seven years of our life. And, you know, we, we're, the, the expression of being set in your ways. You know, when you're, an infant, you know nothing, and you look up at the people around you, and you're observing, and you're seeing the way that you're supposed to interact with the world, and so the the old adage, oh, "I'm becoming my mother," "I'm becoming my father," you know, I'm I'm falling into the same trappings of them. It's because your instinctual reaction is to react the way that you observe someone reacting to 
stress. If somebody's a very passive person, they're going to have a passive child sometimes. And, you know, the way that you break those qualities is through repetition. And, you know, so if a child is producing psychosis, there's a chance that the parent is also producing a very similar psychosis. Or at least that's kind of the way that I looked at the film while I was watching it. And I just, uh, it was fascinating to me because it, it was projected psychosis. And, you know, the evolution of a very slow burning, you know, story that, that had a through line, that had, you know, coherency and paid off in a really cool, interesting, bizarre way. And I'm trying to do this without spoiling, uh, just because I don't want to deter somebody from not going out and seeing this film. I, I strongly suggest going out and seeing this film. Uh, the music score of this is just, it's so fucking killer. And they do, 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 Yeah. So, um, uh, it's, it's, when Italian films are done well, they hit so different, dude. Like, there's, there's just something about a a really well-made Italian horror film. And, and this movie has that in spades. It's just, it's style, it's texture, and it's this peculiar story that you could get with another, you know, like American films, like there, there's, there's scenes in this movie that have been stolen by other films. The, the, the scene where, uh, the boy runs up and then it's the man, uh, that's done, that's been done in other films since this. It's a fucking sick ass effect and they, that, that scene just, like it's a, it's a really rad jump scare. And I just, I can't say enough good things about this is a film and I, I just I don't know I, I I guess I might be in the minority but I, this hits every level on and I'm looking at it from two different perspectives I'm looking at it um, in two different ways and it hits in both ways so I just I don't understand the negativity for this film and why there's not a great reception of this film. Uh, for me, this is just my favorite performance of Daria Nicolati, who made a ton of, you know, terrific films. And I, I just, you know, the, the weird thought that this is lesser than the other films that Baba did is just it's it's perplexing me. Um anyway. I am going to rate this now. I, I think that you know this is an obvious five for me. I love this movie. Uh I I just 
yes, there are bad effects in the film. Like, the, 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 the cutter, the, the blade floating in the air. Yes, it looks bad. But does that mean that the story isn't good? Does that mean that the performances were bad? Like, if, if that's something that's gonna take you out of the film, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, cause I can look past, you know, special effects or effects of the time and, and see what they were going for. And if, if it's strong enough, it's gonna grab me. And this movie grabs me. And I saw this the first time, I think, was I got a clamshell VHS. Anchor Bay version of the film, and I didn't have any kind of preconceived notions. I just really loved the the visual of that blue and the, the blade, and it was Daria Nicolotti, and you know, so I just I gave it a shot, and I've been in love with this film since I saw it. Uh, the same could be said for like a uh, Don't Torture a Duckling. Uh, I had no preconceived notions about that film. I watched it. I fell in love with it. And it just, again, you know, when, when Italian films hit right, dude, and, you know, it, I think I talked about this in the last episode, uh, when I was talking about Four Flies and Grey Velvet, I put, compared it to the Smiths. And, and when, when a movie hits in a way that, that you, you feel it on a vibe and an energy level, and it just has this kind of quality to it that is different or unique. You respect that, and and that's what this is to me. I mean, you know, it is it is different than his other films, but I think that that's a good thing. I don't I don't think that you should make Bay of Blood a hundred times. You know, I think that you shouldn't make Black Sunday a hundred times. You know, you should make each film try to be different and you know I think that this is just an underrated gem and if you haven't seen it you should go out of your way again like I said this is a five for me but we're gonna get out of here um want to uh big out some people that I just love uh Beyond the Void podcast uh just such a good show if you haven't listened to the their show you should give them a chance uh say you love satan 80s horror podcast um you know obviously fantastic show uh these are those are two shows that i just listen to um say you love satan sometimes i you know, it depends um depends on what mood i'm in if i'm in a you know dick joke mood say you love satan's the way to go um yeah uh obviously there's tons of other podcasts for you to check out i want to say give a special birthday shout out to don and nelly um you know he is he is a fucking cool dude and he's one of the true fucking um kind of contributors like you 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 see people that say they give a shit about shit and then people that actually go out of their way to share other horror podcasts with people and don's top of the pops with that he's he's on top of it and he every day will uh share with people what's you know what's out there 
in horror podcasts. And that's fucking cool as fuck. So definitely check out Horror, Mof- uh, horror Mafia. And, uh, you know, I- I've been trying to get Dylan and Sarah to do more Horror Haven. Um, you know, trying to get them to tell Erica, you know, you guys get together. What are you doing? You're, you're fucking quarantined. You're stuck in a house. You, you can't go to work. Do some horror haven. I know you got kids. I got kids too. <laughs> That's your show. Um, if you want to find out more about us, you could do that in a couple different ways. You can start by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash creature pod by following us on Twitter and Instagram at creature pod. I am going to be back very, very soon. I was going to do some uh, bava, but uh, I, I think I'm going to do a pause on that. And I, I'm going to do something that I haven't done. I'm going to watch a movie that I haven't seen. And when I say this, people are going to go, what? And I'm going to go, yeah, I haven't seen it. And I'm going to watch it before the next week so you should watch it as well and uh, get my honest opinion on it I'm talking about you know, the film Shockwaves never seen it gonna give it a shot uh, you know I could do Christmas horror but everybody's doing that right now I want to do that anyway uh, that's gonna do it for us uh, for Dario Nicolotti for Luigi Cozy. Mario Bava, and for myself, again, my name is Chunky. This has been another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on geeksintheindustry.com, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast. Ascolta con qualcuno de cui defidi. I'm sure I said that horribly. Crooked highways I've stepped in the middle Of seven side forests I've been out in front Of a dozen dead oceans I've been ten thousand miles In the mouth of a graveyard And it's a hard It's a hard It's a hard it's a hard, it's a hard rain you're gonna fall. Uh, what can I say? I didn't write, I, I wasn't even, non sono stata nemmeno richiesta di dare una mia opinione, capito? E mi hanno chiesto di fare il fantasma della mamma di Asia, essendo viva e la vera mamma di Asia, è naturale che facessi quel piccolo ruolo. Poi ho messo a disposizione l'archivio delle foto di quando Asia era piccola, che è un momento commovente del film. Mi sono divertita a girare da sola col green screen. E ci sono dei momenti belli nel film, anche nella terza madre.
al cinema io non l'ho amato e l'ho apprezzato di più vedendolo in televisione because I've seen it again when it was given on TV così è un film un po' fiacco per il cinema a little bit quick for me, for my taste, for the cinema però it's fine for television anyway Lamberto Bava said a very funny thing knowing all my past problems with Suspiria and Inferno he said oh finally la terza madre is dead <laughs> Però, in fact, she's not dead because the real third mother is not yet. Non è stata ancora raccontata.